Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. I told you last week, you know, we're in a series on Sunday of making wise choices. And so, uh, as is often the case whenever I do a series, I've got other material, extra stuff. So I just decided we'd do it on Wednesday night. So let me review what we looked at last week, because I'm going to continue on with it. We're talking about making good choices. How do we do that? First of all, I have to decide to live God's way. You're, you're not going to make a good choice until you make up your mind to say, this is how I'm going to live, and this is who I'm going to live for. You can't serve two masters. You can't be sometimes this and sometimes that. You have to make this decision that says, this is going to be my life. This is how I'm going to live it, and this is who I'm going to live it for. You've got to do that. If you don't do that, nothing else I have to say will help you. And so that's where it all begins. I got to make that decision. Secondly, I need to understand that I need godly wisdom. I don't need to be smarter. I just need to know that God is smarter than me and I need to listen to him. And so I want to get his wisdom, which comes through his word, correct? And so I need to understand that. And so how do I get it? We talked about how last week we live according to God's word. What does the Bible have to say? What's the truth in it? I need to know it so I can apply it into my life. We talked about how I have to have the Holy Spirit to take care of me and to soak into my life. Because if I only want spirit, I'm going to be, pardon this, I'm going to be a flake, And if I only want word, I'm going to be legalistic. You need the Holy Spirit to help you know God's word. He makes it come alive. He reveals things to you about it. And so you need both. It's not an either or choice. You need the word and you need the spirit to help you understand that word and to apply that word. Also, I need to listen to other people. For some of you, that would be a novel concept and... uh, and I need to learn from others. Other people can teach you a lot. Do you know that people even who make mistakes can teach you something? Do you know that people who don't know God can teach you something? And so I need to be willing to learn from others. So that's what we looked at last week. So this week, I need to decide to be willing to work. Oh, you mean I can't just pray, have it happen, and God will just do it for me. No. If I'm going to make godly choices good choices, then I have to be willing to put some effort into it. It does not just automatically happen. Well, I've accepted Christ, I believe in him, and now I'll just do everything well. No, you won't. You're going to have to work at this. Notice what the psalmist said in Psalm 119 verse 92. He says, if your instructions hadn't sustained me with joy, in other words, I love it, I would have died in my misery. I will never forget your commandments, for by them you give me life. And I'm yours, rescue me. I have worked hard at obeying your commandments. You know, I'd like to just get up in the morning and say, God, it's good to be with you today. I know that you'll help me do everything right, and I'll never make a mistake the rest of this day, because you'll just direct me. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And then he whispers to you, okay, I'll be there, but you're going to have to work at this. You have an effort to play. And if you're going to serve God well, you have to work at it. If you want a good marriage, you have to work at it. And work at it. And work at it. And work at it. And if you notice, no matter how long you're married, it's still work. 
Well, okay, me, no, not me, you, me, it was, it's easy with personal, let me go on. Uh, if, you, if you want a good job, you have to work at it. And so I made this commitment, God, you're, you're the one that I want to please. You're the one I'm going after. You're the one I want to listen to. And I, I want your wisdom. And I'm going to do that. And I understand that I'm going to have to apply myself. I'm going to understand I, I got to do this and I got to work. But the problem is, Psalm 13, lazy people want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Too many Christians are just flat out lazy. I don't want to take the time to read. I don't want to take the time to have to seek. I just want it to happen. Romans 12. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. So you have to come to that place where you're willing to say, you know what? This is what I've chosen. This is what I want to do. I understand it's going to take effort on my part. And no matter how long you have served the Lord, you still have to work at it. You will have to put discipline into your life. It will not just automatically happen. You have to put some energy into it. You're going to make good choices. You just have to work at it. Questions? We good? Okay. Secondly, I need to decide to want others to win. Now, I know I'm going to be repeating myself a little bit, but so be it. And here's what I've told you. Every decision you and I make will always affect somebody else. Always. And I have to be willing to say, I want the decisions and choices that I make, I want them to benefit other people. That means this. I can't live for me, which I shouldn't be anyway, right? I should be living for God, correct? And as I read scripture and as I've tried to teach you, that means if I live for God, I live for others. So I consider others more than I consider me. And I want the choices that I make to benefit other people. Psalm 106, verse 3, there is joy for those who deal justly with others and always do what is right. So I come to that place where I'm saying, okay, I'm going to consider other people. And you've heard my story and you've all probably been there too. When I was a young kid, I didn't, want, didn't care what other people think. I, I, it didn't matter to me. I just want to do what I want to do. And unfortunately, if you're not careful, you carry that all the way with you into adulthood. And there's a lot of adults who are still doing just whatever they want to do. And we live in a world that just lives for, I'll do what I want to do. And so I have to come to that place if I'm going to be wise, if I'm going to make good choices. Am I willing as I'm making this choice to be aware of how this choice is going to affect other people? To be aware of the example that I'm going to be setting to be aware of the consequences of what might take place. Paul wrote to the Romans, he said, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. Now the problem is, 
by our very nature, we're selfish people. And we tend to think of self more than others. It's all about me. Uh, I've raised five kids. I've got a dozen grandkids. But when I say that, it makes me sound old. (laughs) And my youngest grandson right now is one, a little over. One of the most selfish individuals on the planet. (laughs) He can't talk, but when you pick him up, he has this arm out telling you where he wants to go. And if you don't go there, you will hear about it. Loudly. Forever. And it starts at that age. And at some point as a Christian, you have to grow out of that. And you have to begin living your life for other people and not just for yourself. Paul wrote another place in Philippians, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better or more than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Now, here's what I find. You talk to most Christians, they'll say, yes, I agree with that. But when you look at their lives, they don't put it into practice. I don't like this. I don't think this should be happening. I don't like this. I don't care for this. You see, as a Christian, you should be able to say, well, if that's the way it is, okay. It shouldn't bother you as much, right? Because you're more concerned about others. You see, as we get older, you and I as the older generation should be more concerned about the younger generation than ourselves. Do you agree with that? then why is it when we do things for the younger generation that you get ticked off? Just a question. Nobody wants to say anything? Yeah, but that's what happens, isn't it? Well, I don't like that. Well, okay, but is this just for you? You know, or are we considering others more than we consider ourselves? You who are mature should be able to help those who are more immature. But we have a hard time with that, don't we? But we believe this until we have to put it into place. And so we wrestle with it, don't we? And so if I'm going to make wise choices, I at some point have to say, look, this isn't just about me. This isn't just about what's best for me. I have to look at what's best for others. Because there's things I've made decisions to do that I don't like, but I know that they're better for other people. And that's the way we should live. Otherwise you're selfish and you're gonna make selfish choices and you're gonna have a problem with the people around you. We're still good, okay. Decide to wait. Boy, now I'm really pushing the boundary, aren't I? We talked about relationships. Happiness in life is dependent on your relationships. You're only as happy as, as you're healthy as your relationships are. And so now I have to have this thing called patience. Because let's be honest, when we're making choices, our tendency is to not wait, right? Our tendency is to want it now, fix it now, get it over with now. But I've learned, and you know, I think some of you know too, 
God sure is slow. And I'm waiting on him more than I care to. And I've learned in life that the times I don't wait and I rush ahead are some of the worst choices I've ever made. And so if I'm going to make a wise choice, I can't get impatient because timing is everything. Get asked about God's will. Well, what God want me to do? Well, I think there's two big aspects to God's will. First of all, what is it? Second of all, when is it? I think what is it is the easy one. When is the tough one? Because usually once we know what it is, we want to rush into it, don't we? I'm there, I'm gone. Okay, that's it, go. But usually God waits. I mean, God told Abraham, I'm going to do this for you, and I'm going to do this for you. And, do this. and Abraham spent the rest of his life waiting. And we, we rush things. A lot of people get in financial trouble because they can't wait. You know, I can make payments. I, I can get this and pay later, buy now, pay that. You know, okay. Uh, you know, I don't want to save to get it. I just want it now. And we let that bleed over into our Christianity. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Can you say the lottery? How many people that have won that are now broke? Wealth from hard work grows over time. Something fascinating, just a little tidbit here. You can take it and look at it if you want. When you study Jesus and follow his ministry in the Gospels, I don't believe there's ever a time where he runs anywhere. In fact, you know, usually he gets chastised because he's late. You know, the two gals that he loved, he shows up late. Jesus, if you had been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Why'd you wait? The disciples, you know, they hear the news. And, Come on, we got to go. And Jesus goes, no, we'll be okay. But we're always in a hurry, aren't we? We miss God's timing. We get impatient. Psalm 37, be still in the presence of the Lord. Wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Now, that means we need to wait. Now, I, I just need to make sure I cover all the bases here because some of you like this point because you don't like making decisions. And you just put them off and put them off and put them off and, you know, well, good, I don't have to make a decision today. And you don't do anything. And there's a balance here. In fact, Ecclesiastes tells us, you know what? Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. And if they watch every cloud, they never harvest. And so you've got to find a balance here of understanding. You know what? I tend to get in a hurry, but there are times when God says it's time to go and I need to go. And I need to be sensitive to God's timing. And I can't wait for perfect conditions. That I have to be willing to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to guide me and direct me and to point the way. And God will let you know when the timing is. And it usually won't be when you want it to be. So don't get in a hurry but don't keep putting off and putting off. Romans eight twenty five. 
if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Those are two key words. I'll wait with patience, with confidence. And so God doesn't move as fast as I want him to. But I do know this, the Bible tells us, in his time, he makes everything beautiful. So if I want to make wise choices, timing becomes a critical thing. There's sometimes when it's, it's time to move, God says, go. Children of Israel, when you hear this, go. When you do this, go. Don't move until you do this. And God still operates in that way. And so I have to deal with my impatience. And I need to wait in order to make good choices. I think you kind of answered this question after it came in. Okay, but the question, I need a little on the monitor, please. Uh, the question was, what do I do while I'm in the waiting place? You keep seeking God. You keep being faithful to God. You keep doing what you normally do and would do while you're waiting for God to let you know when and you're open to that. You don't sit around twiddling thumbs saying, well, I'm just waiting for God to move. No, no, no. You have to keep working. You have to keep doing what God wants you to do and keep seeking God, waiting for him, stay in touch with him, listening to him. Second one says, uh, the story of the three men who were given silver or talents. Right. Uh, coin, the lazy one buried his and right. God was mad uh, because he was lazy. Could right. that relate to Proverbs 13.4? There's another principle that comes into play in that story. It's not just lazy, he was afraid. And when you combine laziness and fear, you've got a deadly combination. So he was lazy. Yes, it comes into play there, but he was also afraid. And so, yes, he's given us something. We have to use it. And that means work. See, okay, let's go here. The Bible tells us that every Christian has a gift to use for the body of Christ, right? That means somewhere in the body, in the church, you should be working, right? But we don't like to work. I mean, after all, I can retire. And too many people, when they retire, they also retire from God. Not healthy. Yeah, that's it for now. Decide to see with precision. Decide to see what God sees. Decide to see God's wisdom at work. Now, this is a very critical thing because sometimes when we're making choices, we have to be careful about what we see. And I have to be able to see God. But in order to do that, here's what I've got to understand. Isaiah puts it this way. God says to him, my thoughts are nothing like yours and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. So that means when I'm trying to make a decision, I'm trying to understand what I can't understand, right? His ways are far beyond mine. I, I can't even think about it, you know, anything I can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, as my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are your thoughts. You know, God says, I'm, I'm bigger, I'm greater, I've got all this going on. So I've got to be able to see God and not see me. Because God and I don't see things the same. 
God sees things from a completely different perspective than I do. Such as, God sees with precision, I see with desire. God, this is what I want to be true. God, this is what I want to happen. God, this is how I want things to work out. And because I have that desire, I don't see things clearly, do I? But God sees things perfectly clear with precision. He sees every thought, he sees every heart, he sees every motive, he sees the big picture, he sees everything going on. And usually so many times all I can see is, this is what I want. And I have to learn that God sees in a bigger way than I do. Secondly, God sees potential while I see difficulties. Anybody here ever worried? Worrying is seeing the difficulties, isn't it? That's why in the Bible it says, look, when you have troubles of many kinds, count it all joy. Why? Because God sees the potential of what can happen, doesn't he? But you and I see the problems. God sees the blessings. God sees things differently than I do. In fact, God sees more in me than I see in myself. God says you can do things incredibly greater with him. And so when we look at the issues and making choices, I tend to see the problems. God just sees, look at what we can do here. I tend to say, God, but this is what I want. God says, let me try to expand your vision. God sees progress while I see delays. God, why aren't you moving now? God, this, this should happen. God, what's going on? And if you could hear or see as God says, God says, look, in two states over, I'm working in this and this and this. And in three more weeks or months, this place is going to happen here. And this is going to take place here. And then eventually it'll get to you. And I see all this going on. And I see what's happening and how I'm working this together and this together and this person. And I'm trying to prepare this person to be to you. And I'm trying to get this into this place and this into this place. And I just say, God, come on, God, get going. And God says, look, we got things happening here. Because up in heaven, contrary to popular belief, God's just not sitting around eating grapes, yawning. God's busy. Because God is at work. And things are happening. Now the problem is when we look at what's going on, let's just take our society and our culture. We think, man, this is horrible. This is going down the tubes. And God says, no, no, no. We're making progress here. And we look at it and go, really? Why isn't this happening? We're going nowhere because all we see is dead ends and defeat. And God sees a big picture. His ways aren't mine. We okay? God sees provision. I see depletion. God, I can never do this. God, I don't know how I'm going to make it here. 
God, I don't think I got the talent or the gift to be able to do that. Oh, I could never do that. I'm not gifted enough to do that. Oh, I don't think I'll ever have something like that. I don't think, and God said, are you kidding me? All you've got to do is step out and I'll provide what you need. Because God's got plenty of stuff. And we just see, well, you know, I don't think I have very much. And one day the prophet went to the lady and says, uh, what do you got in your house? And she says, all I got is this little bit of oil and not much. And, you know, once it's gone, the boy and I will just, we'll just die. Elijah says, go get the barrels. Go get all you need. And the moment you say you can't, you have put God in a place that he can't in your life. Because scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we just tend to see what we lack, our depletion. And God says, look, I'll provide whatever you need. If you'll make the choices that are wise in my sight, I'll take care of you. God sees the positive. We see the distressing. You know, if you listen to the media, if it wasn't for bad news, there'd be no news. We see the negative, and yet faith, as I've told you over and over, faith is always positive. Faith is never negative. And so we see that and everything else. And so we just see all these things and wonder about all these things. And, and let me give you three things that you have to see. Three things that you've got to know in order to make wise choices, in order to be what God wants you to be. Number one, God is always in the picture. When you're making a choice, God's always in the picture, isn't he? He's always there. He's always available. He's always willing. You need wisdom? Ask me. I'm willing to help you. I'm willing to be involved with you. Will you work at it? Will you involve me? Will you not forget me? Will you set your heart towards me? I'm always in the picture if you'll let me be close to you. And even if you don't let me be close to you, I'm still in the picture. So God's always present. He's always in the picture. God is always all-powerful. What I don't have the ability to do is nothing to God. His ways aren't mine. Thank goodness. And God has all power and authority in heaven and earth. And he can do anything. And yet, how many times do we act like he doesn't have what it takes? And we act like that when we think we don't have what it takes. And if you're going to make a wise choice, you don't always make the choices by what you think. The choice to tithe. It's a wise choice. And you might look at your bank account and think, I can't do this. I, I don't have what it takes. I'll never make it. Hold it. This isn't about you. This is about God. And God will provide everything you need. And he's got all the power to take care of things. And you got someone or something standing in your way, God's powerful enough to take care of it. It's all powerful. Now this next one is just really great. God has already solved the problem. Think about that. When you 
are thinking you don't know what to do and you don't have an answer, God already has the answer. He already has it. He already knows. He's just waiting for you and I to show some wisdom, to make choices, to work at it, to seek him above all else, to trust him, to allow his thoughts and his ways to be ours, to expand our horizons. Because God is the master at just taking ordinary people in ordinary places and doing extraordinary things. And you and I get to live with confidence because God is able. And I can trust him and I can do what needs to be done in life. And God will help me. And what's confounding to me is simple to him. So what decision right now are you facing that's critical to you? Are you really to put these things into play and into place in your life? Like I said at the beginning, have you made that determinant, God, I'm going to follow you and do what you want me to do no matter what? Because sometimes we say, God, I'll follow you, but then when things get a little shaky or I don't like it, I'm out. And then we wonder why God didn't help us. I got to be committed his ways, following his word and his truth with his wisdom to work at it, to come to that place where I think of others and I trust God and wait for him knowing that God has everything I need. So God wants to help you to make wise choices. Will you let him? Would you just take a moment before I conclude in prayer? Just between you and God right now. Just, God, here I am. I got this decision. God, I want to do this right. God, would you help me? Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.